This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. The Capital One Venture X business card earns unlimited double miles on every purchase. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash VentureXBusiness. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Janine Herbst. President Biden is campaigning in South Carolina tonight, talking to a dinner of the state Democratic Party. The truth is, I wouldn't be here without the Democratic voters of South Carolina, and that's a fact. So I want to start with a very simple message. From the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. South Carolina holds the first official Democratic primary next week. In Nevada, early voting in the presidential primary starts today, and there is still voter confusion. Lucia Starbuck with member station KUNR reports. Nevada's primaries are closed, meaning voters must be registered in the two major parties. For Republicans, former President Donald Trump is not on the primary ballot. His name will appear on the Republican Party caucus, which will take place after the primary election. Rural Fallon resident Sue Catlin says she got information for the first time about the caucus while voting in person at the primary. She says she and her husband can support Trump, but likely won't go to the caucus. I'd rather have the primary like us. Okay, here's two voters who may not be able to attend the caucus for physical reasons, so they lose two votes. The primary election day will take place on February 6th, and the caucus is on the 8th. For NPR News, I'm Lucia Starbuck. The largest remaining hospital in the Gaza Strip is on the verge of collapse as fighting intensifies between Israel and Hamas in southern Gaza. Doctors Without Borders, also known as MSF, says that there's nowhere left for many patients to go. NPR's Hadil Al-Sachi has more. Intensified fighting in the city of Khan Yunis has led to the near-complete evacuation of Nasser Hospital. MSF said in a statement that there remains about 350 patients in the hospital who are unable to leave because of the fighting and a lack of ambulances. The organization said that the hospital is now unable to provide critical medical services and that there are few options for those needing care to go. The Israeli army said on Tuesday that it had encircled Khan Yunis, Gaza's second largest city, and was battling Hamas fighters. It ordered an evacuation of people in certain neighborhoods, including the hospital. MSF said most patients and hospital staff fled during that evacuation order. They said the remaining doctors felt helpless, describing dire conditions such as a lack of beds and other basic supplies. Hadil al-Shalchi, NPR News, Tel Aviv. And in southern Gaza, witnesses say three Palestinians were killed today in an airstrike that Israel's military says targeted a Hamas commander. Meanwhile, several countries, including the U.S., temporarily suspended funding for the main U.N. agency aiding Gaza's population after Israel alleged some of its staff members took part in the October 7th Hamas attack. This is NPR. French farmers have vowed to continue their protests, including barricading roads, despite measures announced by the French government. In Piers Eleanor Beardsley reports, farmers say the measures don't fully address their demands. Protests have been going on for days across France, with farmers blocking roads and dumping agricultural waste at the gates of government offices. The demonstrations took on urgency after a car struck a farmer at a blockade, killing her and her 14-year-old daughter. The farmers are seeking better remuneration for their produce, less red tape, and protection against cheap imports. The government measures announced Friday include simplifying certain technical procedures 
and the progressive end to diesel fuel taxes for farm vehicles. Prime Minister Gabriel Attal also said France remains opposed to the EU signing a free trade deal with the Mercosur trade group of Latin American countries. Eleanor Beardsley, NPR News, Paris. A group of survivors of Nazi death camps marked the 79th anniversary of the liberation of the Auschwitz-Birkenau camp during World War II in a modest ceremony in southern Poland. About 20 survivors from various camps set up by the Nazis laid wreaths and flowers at the death wall in Auschwitz. They're marking International Holocaust Remembrance Day which memorializes about 1.1 million camp victims, most of whom were Jews. Nearly 6 million European Jews were killed by Nazi Germany. I'm Janine Herbst, NPR News in Washington.